from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. Vitus vinifera or the vinifera grape. And that is what, when you're drinking a Cab Sav or a Pinot Noir or a Shiraz, generally that's what you're drinking. However, um, uh, it is, doesn't have any natural um, protections from this phylloxera insect. It is now the way most vineyards are growing their vinifera grapes is on grafted rootstock. There's only a handful of vineyards around the world that don't graft. I'm Rod Milam, in for Sarah Fenske. Modern-day France has literal roots and stems and leaves that originate from Missouri. Here to discuss a new exhibit at the Missouri Botanical Garden called Grafting the Grape, American Grapevine Rootstock in Missouri and the World is Neshka Pfeiffer, curator of the Stephen and Peter Sachs Museum at the Missouri Botanical Garden. Good afternoon, Neshka. Thank you very much for joining us here on St. Louis Public Radio. Good afternoon, Rod. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really glad to speak with you. I had a chance over the radio weekend to actually go to the reopened museum, and uh, it was it was really very interesting. It was a little bit of history that I knew that Missouri had something to do with uh, wine and France. Can you tell us a bit about that exhibit and uh, what it represents? Thank you so much, and thanks so much for coming to check it out. Um, the exhibition focuses on the botanical kind of saving of the wine industry in the late 19th century. Uh, one of the key issues that took place in the mid-1800s was that an insect that is known for um, feeding on grapes, a common name is called grape phylloxera, it is an American insect, somehow was brought over on American grapevine plants to Europe and slowly started causing devastation. Um, it landed most likely in the Canary Islands in about 1851. That's when they think they've tracked it. Um, but it actually spread through Portugal and Spain, but it really devastated the French vineyards because so much of the French agricultural product was related to wine and the vineyard grapes. So um, the American the grapes grow all over the world, I mean, in, in different tropical climates and some temperate climates, um, but the one that everybody likes to drink or most normally or most uh, obviously thinks of when they think of wine is the central um, Asian and European grapevine berry. Um, and I'm just going to call that by its species name, which is called Vitus vinifera, or the vinifera grape. And that is what, when you're drinking a Cab Sav or a Pinot Noir or a Shiraz, generally that's what you're drinking. However, um, uh, it is, doesn't have any natural um, protections from this phylloxera insect. Uh, it, when the phylloxera slowly was spreading throughout the vineyards in Europe, it basically was munching them to bits. The, the roots were completely devastated. And in late, late 19th century France, the vintners did not know what this was. Um, one of the interesting aspects of this insect is it's not microscopic, but it is quite difficult to see. And so originally they thought maybe it was a fungal blight or some other issue of climate change, but it was the work of... Um, an English entomologist who had actually become the Missouri State entomologist, Charles Valentine Riley, 
and the garden's first botanical advisor, Dr. George Engelman, who was a German immigrant and who had spent a lot of time studying American grape species here in Missouri, um, that they realized that it was actually this insect because they'd seen evidence of the insect here in Missouri. Um, and then once this identification took place, and it, was, it however, I should say it wasn't instantaneous. It probably took about 30, dec- 30 years and for people to actually agree that this was the reason that caused the devastation. And the innovation that took place included viticulturists here in Missouri, as well as in France, um, realizing that if they were able to still make the European grape vine grow on a grafted rootstock using the rootstock from America, which was did have um, uh, chemical compounds that sort of kept the phylloxera from completely munching it um, it only just slightly bothered the plant. They basically, infusing those two different plants together, they could then save, um, regrow the French wine industry and basically um, save wine for, for Europe. And then, it, in effect, it actually, um, it is now the way most vineyards are growing their vinifera grapes is on grafted rootstock. There's only a handful of vineyards around the world that don't graft. And so I would say probably 90% of the world's world's wine industry depends on on Missouri rootstocks. So Missouri is literally around the world, but when you graft two plants, and again, this is not my area of expertise, don't you change uh, the actual product if you're sticking one thing, the top, say the leaves and the stems, on to the roots? So maybe if you had one type of grape and then you took one from somewhere else, it changes the grape completely, completely the, the product? That's a very good question. And um, the Contemporary scientists are actually ex- uh, finally exploring those questions. Um, originally, um, when the grafting first t- took place, they did not think there was much um, effect or much difference. But it is now um, Allison, Dr. Allison Miller, who's a professor of biology at St. Louis University and is also a principal investigator at the Danforth Plant Science Center, has actually been studying different rootstock species and how they affect um, a grape, uh, the grape plant that is grafted onto it. And th- you call that um, berry that's been grafted onto the rootstock, the scion plant. And they actually have seen that different species do, in fact, affect leaf size and shape. And most specifically, and most importantly for winemakers, the final berry product, it actually will change um, the measurements of the different chemical compounds that once they go through the fermentation process and aging process to become wine will actually taste differently than what you would think if it, it was not at all affected or not at all grafted. So that so that's interesting. So if you said maybe took a a native Missouri grape like a Norton and you stuck it on top of a Cabernet Sauvignon grape, does that what does that become? Is it something totally different, a different tasting wine, or is it called something different? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, they it, it's not grafted in quite that way. Um, the Norton grape is one of the grapes that does can does because it's a Native American grape. It has a little bit more protection from phloxera than um, the vinifera grape, and a Cab Sav would be a vinifera grape. Um, what they have done, and a lot of the Missouri wine industry includes these kind of grapes, is actually hybridized or crossbred vinifera grapes with American grape species. So, like a Norton or um, one of the other species, and so. The the wines that we think of that are called Chamberson, Vignol, Vidal Blanc, those are, in fact, French-American hybrid grapes, so they're not grafted at all. Um, so they do taste different, and they do um, – the, the berries are different, and the, the final output of the flavor is different. 
That's interesting. So when I went to the exhibit, I didn't get any wine, but I did see a lot of things on the first and second floors of the exhibits. Can you describe a bit what um, people will see when they actually do show up at the Missouri Botanical Garden? Oh, thank you. Yes. Um, so we have two floors and three galleries. Um, the the lower level uh, gallery features the artwork of just one artist named Dorneth Doherty. She is well known for um, featuring plants in her work, and, but she, she decided to take um, the three kind of section part of the story, the, the phylloxera insect, the Native American grapevines, and then also the scientific scans of rootstocks of these American grapes and craft short films, as well as these beautiful, large um, electron microscope scanned images of phylloxera. Um, so you sort of get a little bit of the taste of all of that. Unfortunately, we do not have offer tastes of a wine. Um, unfortunately, the galleries, we don't allow that. But when you go upstairs uh, into our um, main galleries and uh, the South Gallery, we have artworks by another pair of artists named Leigh Han and Lorraine Walsh, who've actually created um, a, a minimalist sculpture featuring the, the, the wine trellis, including um, drawings of the scion and drawings of rootstock to sort of talk about what that actual process looks like, as well as some several short films in which they've uh, taken machine learning software and fed into it uh, all sorts of images and data about grapes and created unique new um, uh, artworks that sort of show growing grapevines and and, and um, unique uh, grapevines that don't actually exist in nature, which is kind of fun. Um, but, sorry, oh, yes, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, and, the, and lastly, like the, the main gallery that we have um, has a very Victorian interior with lots of glass-fronted cabinets, and those are perfect for displaying um, specimens. And so in those displays, we, I feature the narratives that talk about George Engelman and the, the hunt for the phylloxera and understanding what grafting is, as well as what the con contemporary science that's being done um, related to grafting and wine, um, as well as, of course, you know, showing lots of glasses and decanters and talking about the material culture of, of making wine and, and uh, enjoying it. So it seems like a very, it's a multi-modal sort of presentation that you have. And I, when I actually did go by, I was very interested in the multimedia piece that was entitled A Degree Warmer. And it wasn't just a series of animations that you had, but you also had some interesting sound that would went along with that. And underneath that animation and that sound, it seems like it, it's called a degree warmer because since the pre-industrial times, the temperature on Earth has actually risen two degrees, and it's supposed to be the melding of the river into roots, using that sound to represent that, am I correct? Yes, that's right. Um, Leigh and Lorraine actually worked with a composer um, who created that electronic composition to, to encompass um, their ideas about that artwork. Okay, that's great. Well, Nezhka Pfeiffer, I'd like to thank you very much for coming on the air today on St. Louis on the Air. You are the museum curator at the Sachs Museum at the Missouri Botanical Garden and the exhibition that we've been talking about, Grafting the Grape, American Grapevine Rootstock in Missouri and the World, is now open. And for more information, you can go to our website at stlpr.org slash stlonair. Nezhka Pfeiffer, once again, thank you very much for, enjoy, uh, for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here.
find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.